Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Now, what's next? Next step! It's the next man up! Next step! Next step! Take the next step. Next step! Next up next. Next step! This team wants to be next. Next up, with Stan Norfleet and Chris Gordy. Let's see what's next. Good morning, Houston. What's going on? Next up here on Sports Talk 790, Stan Norfleet. That's Chris Gordy. I got my man, uh, who is that? That's Trey Campbell on the other side of this thing. Brian Lalima hanging around. More quarterback talk is never enough. Look, What's up, big man? Look, uh, uh, welcome, you guys <laughs> on the show. But uh, just like Sean and I were just talking about, you go get Bryce Young at number two, and then you build around him. Oh and that's all I'm going to say. I'm gonna let Gordy, you get did you going. do this? Because no, I listened to you guys I, all I two hours either. yesterday, and I'm if, with Gordy. If you love him... Houston, we're going to continue this. If you missed the show yesterday, right. number one, shame on you. What were you doing? Make sure you go listen to the podcast. Gordy, Trey, the rest of the group. They Get have the it, free uh, iHeartRadio app. Yeah, Get Bryce do. Young and you build around him. Get a receiver and figure it out from there. I'll let you guys go. That's it. Y'all, y'all build off of that. Appreciate it, B. Oh, and wait till you hear me. You're going to turn the radio off, Lalima. Baseball got it right. The MLB got it right. Let's speed this thing up. What the hell is all this standing around about? We'll get uh, conversations, MLB. We got rule changes. We did not get to it yesterday, Gordy. Fortunate for us, we also have Sports Talk 790s on Michael Connor coming in at 11.30 this morning. Astros, uh, pitchers and catchers reported yesterday. Did I see that correct? Today, yesterday, whatever. Yeah, it's so this it, week. Yeah, it's, it's that I'll time of year. Show up when you want. Yeah, it's that time of year. So we've got contracts to talk about. We've got baseball rules to talk about. And certainly we'll get into uh, Astros and, and how the season looks like as we start. What is it? Uh, ready to rain. We're looking for yeah. a back-to-back scenario. However, uh, the coaching carousel in the NFL has finally been resolved. It's come to a conclusion. And all five teams that were looking for a head man have one. I'll get to the Eric Bieniemy and all of that stuff later. I heard the guys this morning appreciate Brian Lalima, Ryan Shawsbury, uh, excuse me, <laughs> Ryan Shawsbury, Sean Salisbury, Brian Lalima, and Ryan Money. Those fellas did a great job this morning. Heard the conversation about um, the minority coaching component. Fortune for us in Houston, D'Amico Ryan's one of the five coaches that filled. A vacancy happens to be an African-American. Nobody hires more black coaches than the Texans. Texans will hire and pay a black coach in a heartbeat, bro. <laughs> I, just, I just love that line. And nobody fires more black head coaches than the I love that part, Texans. too. But a lot of checks getting cut, a lot of, uh, a lot of families getting fed from the uh, McNair family. Appreciate them doing that. So here's what I want to pose this morning. 
the question is very simple. Uh, hit us up throughout the show. Uh, Bruce on the north side is already chiming in. 713-212-5790. D. Question. Now that all the NFL hires are settled, winners and losers, how would you rank the hires? And more so importantly, Gordy, locally, how did the Texans do grabbing D'Amico, solidifying him to a six-year deal, now that all the dominoes have laid out. Five new head coaches, right? Five new head coaches. So you've got uh, Denver, Indianapolis, Houston, obviously. Uh, you've got the Cardinals in Arizona. And then who Car- am I leaving Carolina. out? Carolina. Carolina Panthers. Thank you. The so, one place you just came from. You yeah, forgot them. And listen, here's how they line up for me. Uh, we also have some additions to the Texans coaching staff. We'll wrap that up, wrap this segment up with that here in just a moment. Here's how the five lay out for me. Deshaun Payton higher in Denver, that's a home run. I'm sorry. Sean Payton, a year removed for the booth, only one title in New Orleans. Gordy, you know more about his resume than I do. Bottom line is, Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, those young weapons offensively, that works for me. I'm going to trust that until I have reason not to. I know Russ didn't look good this year. I know there were issues in fighting in the locker room. Hackett was a joke. We all know that. I'm going to say that's a home run. Why? Because that's the best coach. Of all five of these dudes, Sean Payton is clearly the best coach. Leads me to number two. I'm going to take Frank Wright in Carolina. Number three, I have D'Amico. Number four, I've got Shane Steichen, former offensive quarterback, offensive quarterback, offensive coordinator in Philly. And at five, I'm taking Jonathan Gannon. Defensive coordinator in Philly going to Arizona. I'll get into more explicit reasons as to why. Gordy, my five. Denver, Carolina, Houston, uh, Indianapolis, and Arizona. You have an issue with how my five are ordered? No, I, I was actually just looking. There's a there's an article up at CBS Sports. Uh, Tyler Sullivan, he did the same thing. He graded the, uh, the hires, and only two of the hires got A's. It was the Texans and the Broncos. and Interesting. He didn't give Reich an A in Carolina? He gave Frank Reich a B. Uh, Interesting. Then he gave Shane Steichen with Indianapolis a B. And coming up the rear, he's got Jonathan Gannon as a C-plus hire for the Arizona Cardinals. And here's, here's his reason. He said, in a vacuum, Gannon is a great defensive mind, led one of the best units in the NFL last season. Um, the major question is still be determined, however... The Arizona offense. Gannon will now need to find the right OC to help cater things around Kyler Murray. I think that's a good uh that's a good point there. Um, you know, that that's why I thought Deshaun Payton at Arizona made a lot of sense when he interviewed that he interviewed with them for like eight hours. He was there all day long. Mm. Ultimately he settled on the Broncos. The hope is he'll be able to turn Russell Wilson around. And if anybody can, it's it's Sean Payton. But um yeah, there's a big question marks there in Arizona about Kyler Murray. You just paid him all this money. He looked kind of meh and then was hurt. Uh, you got to figure that out quick. But for D'Amico, here's what the write-up says. Gives him an A. Says, after back-to-back years with the Texans, hired someone who most around the NFL assumed had a short shelf life. They finally bought someone someone in where it feels like they actually put can put down roots. Outside of Sean Payton, D'Amico Ryans was the top candidate this hiring cycle for good reason. He just helped lead one of the best defenses in the NFL in San Fran. Has widely been tapped as the next great coach to come out of the Shanahan tree. Ryans, who was drafted by the Texans, uh, can be looked at as a great opportunity to build the proper foundation of a winner. Texans have the number two, number 12 pick in the draft, 
organization also has the sixth most, most amount of cap space this offseason. So there's also the capital for Ryan's and Nick Casario to go to work and start building this roster armed with those assets and experience as both a coach and a player. Miko Ryan's is a setup, as you would hope, to begin a head coaching tenure. So some people are going to hear that and ask me, Stan, well, why isn't D'Amico your number one? And I've said this the whole time. My only hang-up with hiring, and it's not just D'Amico, it's including Jonathan Gannon, who we know the McNair family and Nick Casario liked from previous interviews. Uh, both Didn't he get an interview during Cully, before the Cully hire, and he got an interview before the Lovey Smith hire as well? It was a, they were, he was definitely one of their finalists the last go right? He interviewed twice. Yeah. So people are going to ask, Stan, what is it? Why don't you have D'Amico to the Texans as your number one all-season edition from a hiring standpoint? Well, so we're looking at the coach, and then I'm also looking at the staff. When I look at the coach, it's no no issue with D'Amico as a dude. We know the quality, the caliber, the character, and integrity of the man. That's not in question. Today's game is about offensive weaponry. And I go, D'Amico, how much clearly you know how to scheme against offenses. That's different from assisting with the implementation of an offensive game plan. What do we see on Sunday night? You saw offensive mastery. The over-under was set at 51. That was over in the third quarter. (laughs) This was about offense. So I lean, if you look at how I ranked them, I'm sorry, few people are calling plays better than Sean Payton. That's just... I've seen him with Drew Brees. I've seen him without Drew Brees. The man can call plays. Frank Wright didn't forget how to coach just because he got to Indianapolis. They rolled the dice on a formula to go after veteran retreads. You had Reich over? I have Reich over D'Amico. For the offensive play caller, Super Bowl pedigree, he's called the plays, get him in a healthy system. They've got pieces in Carolina. Their offensive line is above average. DJ Moore, arguably the most quiet-kept secret at the wide receiver position in the league. They've got running back by committee. They've got some things there to work with. That cupboard is not bare, even without Christian McCaffrey. Let me flip it. This is what I would have Sean Payton one, and it's very, I'll simplify it for you. Because of experience. There's not going to be any moment in any game this year where Sean Payton's going to go, oh, man, I should have challenged that. Oh, man, what did we do? We wasted a time out there. There's not going to be any of that. Because he's done this for 15-plus years. Sure. D'Amico may have that. We don't know. Right. You know. Nathaniel Hackett, they were all excited about him in Denver. And then they got in games and realized the guy don't know what the hell he's doing. He had no game management, no in-game management, right. none of that. No, go ahead, finish your thought. I'm not saying D'Amico will have that. I'm just saying we don't know. D'Amico's never been a head coach before. Sean Payton, we got a track record of it. So I'm with you. I would put Sean Payton one. Yep. I would put D'Amico two ahead of Frank Wright. Really? Because Frank Wright. But you Reich, just experience. I, the experience, yes. But with Frank Wright. Dude, like, how many different dudes you had come through that? And I know it was guys on the back end of their career. I'm giving him benefit of the doubt Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz. I mean, all these dudes, and you're supposed to be an offensive genius. And, man, it, it, you crapped the bed. Jonathan Taylor looked good to me. He was good. Not Par- this year. Paris looked good to me at wide receiver. Yeah, I, we'll see. We'll Jelani see. Woods, the rookie tight end out of Virginia, looked good this year to me. I just think, like, if we're talking long-term because I don't think the Texans are going to be any good this this year. So mm-hmm. when we talk about this, like, and we can flip it too and talk about who's going to hit the ground running fastest. But to me, I, I just I would put D'Amico ahead of Reich because he's more set up. Now, if Carolina had an established starting quarterback already, so like there was an Andrew Luck in his prime there already, well, yeah, I would probably go right. But 
they got they they're in much of a spot of trying to find their quarterback as the Texans are right now. I'm going to get back to that because there's one issue, and we'll pick it up on the other side. There's one issue I have with what you said, and it's going to show consistency on my end. We'll talk more. Also, somebody in town on a major media outlet in town heard this conversation yesterday on this very show, and they wrote about it at 5 a.m. this morning. Wait till you hear who agrees with me in town. Other media entity, well-respected, depending on who you ask. That's coming next up, Sports Talk 790. Off and running for the second segment of the day. This is next up. Taking over for the fellas, you know, Greg Cook, Indy Kalu, uh, previously Chris Gordon, who is currently with me now. Uh, rest in peace to In the Trenches. The show is now called Next Up. Fortunate enough to be joined by Chris Gordy. There's my man Trey on the other side of the glass there. And Houston, always fortunate to be joined by you. I appreciate your patience as we make this transition. Uh, as I've mentioned, I can't be my brother Indy. Uh, but in the spirit of Indy Kalu, we, we see the game very similarly a lot of ways. I respect his playing career. I respect what he has helped build here at Sports Talk 790. Uh, but most importantly, I respect him as a man and how he handles his business and his family. So Big Bro knows how I feel about him. Nonetheless, uh, Arden, we're arguing with Chris Gordy again today uh, as we start this thing off. No, Gordy, we are, we're seeing things the same way. Now that the coaching hires are finalized, we ranked our five, how we saw this thing laying out and where the Texans are. I've got Sean Payton at one in Denver. I've got Frank Wright, two in Carolina. D'Amico here, three. Shane Steichen, four in Indianapolis. And Jonathan Gannon, former Eagles, D.C., going out to Arizona. I've got him ranked at five. Your order, Gordy, was who? You had Sean Payton, one, and who'd you have it to? Do you have D'Amico, two, and then Frank Wright at three. Now, I wanted to finish or elaborate on a point you made as we transition into something that I saw in the wee hours of the morning. Of course, we're coming to get your phone calls as well. Feel free to contact the show at any time, 713-212-5790. My issue with why I didn't have D'Amico ranked higher was because of the offensive flow. It's an offensive league right now. And when you look at the first-year head coaches that have had success in this league recently, is guys mostly on the offensive side of the ball. You think about a Sean McVay, for example. You think about a Kyle Shanahan, yeah, for that, example. How'd that go this year? Oh, McVay, well, he, once you get the bowl, it's like, hey, I'm good. <laughs> I, I can mail it in for a little while if you're Sean McVay. So it's guys that are mostly on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia. There are some exceptions. What did Sean McDermott do in Buffalo? Buffalo hadn't been to the playoffs in like, I think it was 15 or 17 years since they had won a playoff game or something like that. He won that, did Sean McDermott and his staff, with Tyrod Taylor even before Josh Allen took over. But Sean McDermott was a D.C., right? This is my point. This is what gives me some credence that D'Amico might end up being all right, but most of the offensive guys are having success. So the two examples would be, McDermott in Buffalo and Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. Those are the two defensive examples that you go. Depends where you call Harbaugh Baltimore. I think what he was. He's he a was special, special teams, teams coordinator. Guy, yeah. Um, uh, and I'm talking about like within the last 
five years. You know, Harbaugh's been in Baltimore a while now, so that's a little bit different. I understand your point. Look what Brian Dable did, offensive side of the ball, getting the Giants in the postseason this year. Look at what LaFleur, albeit he had Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Offensive guys that are getting the controls for the first time, are having success in this league if you get the right guy. Kevin O'Connell had Minnesota looking a lot better. So when I when I juxtapose how offensive coordinators that are getting opportunities as first-year head coaches and I look at how these candidates lay out, that's why I have D'Amico at three behind two offensive guys. Granted, Frank Reich and Sean Payton obviously have offensive play well, calling experience. That's why we, head we said it was incumbent on who was, who you know, if you're going to hire D'Amico, just make sure he gets the right OC. That's why Cliff Kingsbury was somewhat attractive because it was like, all right, you could hire him, let him draft, you know, draft what quarterback he wants, and just let him go. But I get the familiarity with Slowick coming over from from the Niners. We assume he's going to have. You know, I, I say this hyperbolically. You know, he's bringing over Kyle Shanahan's playbook. It's a variation of Shanahan's playbook, but it's going to be a lot of the same wrinkles, a lot of the same technology. It'll be West Coast concepts. Yeah, a lot of the same terminology and all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, look, you can't argue what Shanahan has built there with the offense that he's run there in in um in in San Fran the last handful of years, been mm-hmm. to multiple Super Bowls. So, uh, yeah, the, we're optimistic, we're hopeful, but we don't know. I mean, we we could end up it could be a disaster. And after year one, D'Amico is is firing Slowick, and we're going to hire the the next new uh, hot offensive name. But I get the concern. That's why I was kind of in this process when. Mike Kafka, you know, got a second interview. I was right. like, you know what? Maybe that's not so bad because he's, you know, offensive play guy. Call. But, uh, but look, D'Amico, the familiarity here, he knows. He's not going to come here and go, all right, guys, all our focus is on defense. What about offense, D'Amico? Nope, doesn't matter. We're going to focus on only defense. Like, he gets it. Sure. And if you listen to what some of the stuff that was said in San Francisco, people have come out and told stories that there were times in practice where D'Amico would point out, hey, Shouldn't you guys be doing this? Shouldn't the tight end be lined up over here? And I went, oh, that's a good point, D'Amico. Thanks. Like, he was so involved that he, like, was helping the offense at times. So when I heard that, okay, I think we're going to be just fine. I like where you're going there. Let's take it out to the phone lines because I got to get to somebody heard our show yesterday. And somebody in the city wrote something (laughs) fascinating. Do they support me or support Gordy? We'll find out here in a moment. Let's go on the north side. Holla at Bruce. You're next up. Bruce, what's going on, bro? Hey, hey, Stan. Well, first of all, I don't know where Indy's at, but he better get back. Uh, he may not have a job. He's got the pipes for the radio there, brother. I appreciate it, man. Brother Indy knows what's going on. He has officially handed the baton to yours truly. So Gordy and I are going to take the enterprise from here on out. Brother Indy Kalu's got some uh, entrepreneurial activity he'd like to keep his eyes on. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, congratulations, Stan. Thank you, sir. I appreciate uh, I heard you call in several times, and, and I always said, man, that guy, he's a... Uh, He's got the voice for radio, that's for sure. Well, thank you, so, brother. What's on your mind? I disagree, Gordy, I disagree with Gordy a little bit. Uh, before I ask my Dak Prescott question, I think they're going to, even if they bomb out their first year with D'Amico, I, I think they're going to they're give him five to six years. They knew it was a five-year project when Watson left the door, you know. And and I think you're right, though, Gordy. You definitely got to get the, the right OC because, obviously, he knows how to handle the defense. Um, as a coordinator, so and I've I've been to many games, even a Cowboy fan, been to many games, and this 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 town will support even even losers uh, losing season. I, no telling what they're going to do when they start winning. So I, I think getting that first quarterback, if if I'm D'Amico, you know uh, that's where I would go. But my question to you on Prescott, I don't know how you feel about him, but 
if you as the GM, and Lord knows they need one in Dallas, uh, <laughs> would you let Prescott's contract go out? I know it's huge next year, $49 million, I think, because they could get out in two years of his contract. It, it's right. time him this year. but Or would you restructure? Do you think he's the quarterback that can take you to that next level, the it factory if you want? And, and I like Kellen Moore gone. I think that was good. I think after five years you need some new voices to listen to. That's just my opinion, and, and obviously if McCarthy doesn't do it this year, you got your next coach in waiting with Dan Quinn. But I wanted your opinion. I'll hang up and listen. Good show, guys, and welcome to the crew. Appreciate you, Bruce, on the north side of the town. Uh, real quick for me on Prescott, and then I'm coming to you. I'm at, uh, I would try and restructure Dak Prescott's contract. He's going to want more guaranteed money. I would do something that makes it make sense for me. Dak is not – we watched the Super Bowl on Sunday – Dak is not doing what Jalen Hurts does. He's clearly not doing what Patrick Mahomes does. Dak isn't uh, Burrow. He's not Justin Herbert. He He's not a guy that you can put everything on his shoulder and say, go carry me. So then I can't give you 45 and 50 million. Now, Jerry gave him 40. I wouldn't have done it. I said it real time. I would have rebooted. I'd have drafted Justin Fields and just rebooted. But that's me. I'll talk more about that as we get into this quarterback conversation in the next segment. Let's uh, keep... QB's coming. Let's go to Sunnyside. Bring in Amart. What's going on, Amart? All right. Greetings. Greetings. What's happening, bro? Um, Peace. All right. Um, well, we all witnessed uh, an exceptional performance by uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, uh, and as we can see, all the uh, talk is about, even with the uh, the draft, is the style of uh, play that we see even in the uh, – on the college level with uh, uh, Afro-descendant quarterbacks, quarterback and power five teams, you know. Uh, I, I still say that uh, we're going to see more of that in the future, especially in the uh, NFL, if uh, that's that's the direction going, especially with the speed, the way things are going, you know. Uh, and that's the, that's one, one factor with uh, Afro-descendant quarterbacks, you know, uh, it's not so much, uh, like you say, uh, the intelligence that they used to say that court, uh, Alfred descendants didn't, didn't possess. Right. It, it was, it's like I say, the athleticism, true enough, but like I say, Jalen Hurts exhibited exactly what, uh, what to expect and what to see. And you, what you're really going to notice, what they're going to do is change the rules. They're, Oh, I apologize for that. I mean, that was me with, with the quick trinket there, brother. I, I appreciate, uh, forgive me on that. I'm sorry. I love where he was going though. And, and Gordy, you and I have talked about it. Other people have talked about it. Look, the game is what it is. You know, you, you look at what Lamar Jackson's done. You know what Patrick Mahomes is doing. You see what Jalen Hurst is doing. You saw the, the performance of Geno Smith this season and Dak Prescott and others in the postseason having some success. Look, quarterbacks today, regardless of what color they are, but certainly the stigma that has been associated with African-American quarterbacks over the course of the history of this game. Brothers are doing it with their arm. Brothers are doing it with their legs. And now brothers are dissecting you because we live in this elite 11 culture. Guys are just more well-versed. There's been more quarterbacks of all nationalities that have come through. 
the QB position has evolved. It's smarter. Guys are more proficient now. So you're going to see a change in the game. Will they be changing the rules? Maybe. But like anything else, players, athletes in any segment of society, of sport, they're going to evolve. They're going to be able to compete. I'm not concerned with that. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I think that stigma's kind of gone away. I mean, we're we're seeing more more. Like, look at look at this draft cycle. Will Levis is getting talked up, sure, but I don't know any. Like, are there, there going to be any GM that sits in their office and goes, you know, I like Bryce Young, but he's not the right color. Let's go Will Levis. Like, I think that stigma is kind of gone gone from that. Now it still exists with head coaches. You know, that's I don't want to act like it's not an issue still. Sure, with, and we're going to talk about that because this but, Eric enemy thing pisses me off, Gordy. But it's a business. You know, it's a business, and if you're still running your business in 2023, where you're making decisions based on you know race, oh, we can't hire this guy because of what he looks like. That's Come on, you're doing yourself a disservice, and you're going to get exposed. You're going to get exposed by not hiring the right person or whatever. Whatever. So I think it's a great time for the NFL. I, I think most scouts and, and coaches are looking at who's the best talent, not – you know, it could be green or purple. Hey, are you, are you good? You know, that's we're looking for talent. Are we winning so, games? Are we not? Yeah, that's so what I care about. I think are we winning games. Forty years ago, yes, that was absolutely Doug Williams. Kudos to him. You know, breaking through. But like, yeah, I think that stigma's kind of gone in in twenty twenty three, at least on the football field. And I certainly want that to be as as someone that has been a part of the talent evaluation process on a very entry level basis. Uh, but just hearing GMs and agents and owners talk about who they're comfortable with, and that's the term that comes up. Who, who's the appropriate face? Who are we comfortable with? To your point, Gordy, in this year's class, how can you not be comfortable with a Bryce Young, with a C.J. Stroud, even with a Hendon Hooker? Like, there are just guys here. Um, I'm not as familiar with Anthony Richardson, but by all accounts, he seems to be Gordy. We'll get into that at some point this show. He seems to be a decent dude uh, in terms of leading a franchise from what I understand. All right, I got to pay this off. Somebody in town agreed with me or did they agree with Gordy? If you heard the show yesterday, tiebreaker coming right up. This is Next Up, Sports Radio and Sports Talk 790. Bottom of the first hour underway here in the Sports Talk 790 studios. Stan Fleet taking things over for my man Indy Kalu. The name of the show is now called Next Up. That's Chris Gordy. He's sitting in his customary position to my left. What up to my man Trey Campbell on the other side of the screen right there. Thanks to him for assisting us with all our programming needs. And appreciate you, Houston, for those that are hitting us up on social media and uh, giving us a call in to the studio, 713-212-5790. Uh, we've got the coaches settled in the National Football League as Jonathan Gannon assume the position as head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. God bless his heart. I can't imagine what it's like working with Kyler Murray every day. And the Bidwell family that owns the Cardinals, they are um, they're learning. That's, that's all I can say. They're, they're learning. We're still talking about quarterbacks in the city, and we will continue to because there's a lot of material out there as it references offensively. What is D'Amico and what is Coach Lowett? What are they going to do? What is this thing going to look like? And then ultimately, who's going to be the trigger man? And then I brought up the point yesterday, who are the other requisite pieces that are going to help this offense function here in Houston? 
today's NFL is about scoring points, period. Yeah, you got to be able to play defense in spurts. You can't just let people go up and down the field on you, obviously. But you got to score, man. And especially Houston being in the AFC, where you got all these other quarterbacks, Mahomes, Burrow, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, and several others. Uh, you, you got my man uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence down in Jacksonville. Like, you can't be playing around offensively or you will get your ass beat on any given Sunday going against these top-tier quarterbacks. And people are going to bring up the San Fran thing, but that's the exception to the rule. Like, they, yes. that was great that they were able to win with Jimmy G or Brock Purdy or whoever, but that is the exception. It's like the thing people always bring Well, Matt Castle, that one time Matt Castle won when Brady was out. Like, it's the exception to the rule. You do have exceptions. You have the anomalies, enigmas, whatever other synonym you want to use there. But you're right. By and large, you have a trigger, man. You still got to have a philosophy, and the Texans do. Um, I'm looking at an article right now from Texans beat writer for the Four Letter Network, DJ Bienemy, and it sounds like Gordy, we're going to effort to get him on at some point this week. We'll see what that does for his schedule. But 5 a.m. this morning, I'm up thinking about you, Houston, thinking about <laughs> Gordy and trying to get ready for this show. And there it is. I'm looking at an article, and it's let me see the title so I can tell the people exactly what it says. Now that the Texans have hired a coach, what will they do to fix the struggling quarterback position? So it's not a lengthy article at all, uh, but DJ does a great job in just chronicling how we got here. And then essentially what's next? Uh, this is going to be, by all accounts, and I'm just reading the report here from DJ Bienemy of the Four Letter Network uh, from their website standpoint. Uh, it's going to be a West Coast offense, so you're gonna it's going to be run heavy. You see, if you watch San Fran, look at what they do. It's an outside zone scheme. They do converse that, and they come back to complement that with a pin and pull, trap, pull the guards. You can pull the tackles. Uh, and, and Tunzel is still young enough and athletic enough that he can still do all those things. Titus Howard, another piece, a young guy that can still do those things. So I just think it was interesting, Gordon, because the spirit of this article Outlines our conversation yesterday. Let me pull just a couple things here from Gordon, uh, or you for you, Gordon. You tell me how they land for you. Well, there's I, one sentence in here. Let's see so, how long it takes so, you to All get right, to so it. this is the first one that jumped out. This is a quote directly from D'Amico Ryan's head coach of the Houston Texans. He says, "We have one quarterback here on our roster. We have to add more to position. The one quarterback, obviously, being Davis Mills. We'll come back to that in a second, too." Uh, he continues to quote, we know everybody gets excited about the quarterback, but the quarterback is just one piece of the team. As I've seen in San Francisco, what happens when you don't have that one guy? Is the season over? Are you just book it, mailing it in? No. How do you build around the quarterback? Yes, we want a great quarterback, but no, we need a great offensive line to protect the quarterback. We need a great running game, uh, great tight ends, great receivers. We need a great defense and special teams. That snapshot right there tells me. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Go to that. At least in the context of this quote, maybe it's not quarterback at two, and they're going to okay. build the framework first. That's how it lands for me. How does it land for you? I see where you're coming from, but go down six more paragraphs. I saw that too. So now this is where we get. <laughs> That's all that matters. I, I, I would call one line. I would call D'Amico if he was sitting here in front of me. I'd be like, "What your duplicitous ass talking out of both sides of your mouth? How you gonna give me that? Get me all excited and make me think I won this argument with Gordy?" And then the next line down, they talk about the fit. Uh, again, Bobby Sloak's, um West Coast scheme, da-da-da-da-da. Lone quarterback on the roster. Give me the line if you have it, Gordy. According I'm still trying to, to find league it. Sources, According to league sources. Yeah. Familiar with the Texans interview process, <laughs> yeah. the front office in Houston told coaching candidates yeah. it plans on using the number two overall pick on a quarterback. So as they were going through the coaching interview process, it's sitting down with Mike Kafka and Jonathan Gannon and all these other people they sat down with, including Tamiko Ryans. They said, well, you know, look, here's our vision. We got this number two pick. Davis Mills, we just saw him for a year and a half. He ain't the guy. We're taking a quarterback with the number two pick. That's part of our process. I have no doubt that that came up. Uh, here's where the plot came begins. up or was dictated. Hey, if you take this job, we're taking a quarterback at two. You cool with that? See, I, I don't believe, and this is just, again, the former personnel man in me, I just don't believe Nick Casario told these interviewing candidates at the time you are coming in and you are taking a quarterback at two. I just don't, NFL personnel people don't talk that way. I think here's part of the conversation that could have happened. I think they could have said, hey, if we were going to take a quarterback at two, how does that play into your dynamic? Is there a guy that you like more than another guy? I just, I don't think it would behoove Casario, and it's not an advantage to him at all to dictate we are going to take a guy at two. Personnel people just don't typically force it that way unless you're talking about Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence. You're just talking about a guy, John Elway, Peyton Manning. You're talking about a guy that's quote-unquote can't miss. What I thought was also interesting, Gordy, let's continue to make our way down this article. Another potential option could be Jimmy Garoppolo. For obvious reasons, ties to Casario in New England and obviously playing there in San Francisco. The thought is that the Texans could take the franchise quarterback later in the first round. And, and this is all inference. This is not quoted. The idea could be you put Jimmy in there now and you get you a young guy to continue to draft and develop. Maybe that's next year. Maybe that's in the second round. Maybe you trade back into the bottom of the first round, which a lot of teams want to do because you want to maintain the fifth year rights over a quarterback if you got a guy. So in other words, what would do D'Amico, and this is what made me think this way, and we're up against it a little bit, but we can keep this conversation going on the other side. Let me pose this question. What would do D'Amico and his staff and the Houston Texans fan base the most credit? To get a young guy who doesn't have the pieces around him yet and the kid doesn't play well, perhaps... Why, why doesn't he have the pieces around him? They don't have enough receivers to compete right now. They're building. 
We got we got tons of money in free agency, and we got eleven draft picks. And it, it takes about two years to flip a roster. But just give it. I don't think you can put any quarterback out there next year with what's currently on the roster. And you just said we can add, and they're going to have a ton of success. I think we're talking about a couple seasons down the road. I'm going to give the new quarterback, if it is indeed a rookie, that credit. So would you rather do that, go through your rookie struggles, okay, I'm ready to go in my second year, or... I think that should be the plan. Or infrastructure, bring in the rookie, and now you let him play, whether that's Caleb, whether that's... um, uh, Mays, the quarterback from the University of North Carolina. You'll Great see man. and hear more about him. Thank you. Kate Klubnick at the University of Clemson. They got another five-star down there. So there are other quarterbacks coming. So this article, uh, I just like want to sum it up here, and then we'll get to it on the other side, because I know we're way over. He says, quote, this is D'Amico. We all play together. That's the awesome part about football. It's not just on one guy's shoulders to go out there and win the game. When you think about the way the 49ers play football, they haven't had a franchise quarterback since before Kaepernick. Yeah, they committed to Kaepernick, and yes, Kaepernick got him in the Super Bowl, but how many people were truly calling Kaepernick a franchise quarterback? We weren't using that term across the spectrum of sports media. We haven't used that term when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo. Matter of fact, they used capital to go get Trey Lance, who they were ready to call franchise quarterback, and it just hadn't panned out that way. So there's some other notes. I want to hear your response, yeah. Gordon. Of course, I want to hear from you guys. 713-212-5790. Did this article from Brother DJ Enemy over the Four Letter Network, clearly he listened to this show yesterday, and this is an extension of that. Gordy heard what he wanted to hear. I heard some pieces, too. Houston, this is next up. Share with us what you heard. Sports Talk 790. Welcome in to Next Up, staying Northfleet here in the, um, I would say, aftermath of the artist known as N.D. Kalu. Uh, shout out to Uncle Greg. Appreciate Chris Gordon for being alongside. Thank you, Houston, for giving us a chance each and every day from 10 a.m. to noon. Uh, thanks to Sean Salisbury, Brian Lalima, Ryan Money, setting the table for us as a station this morning, and Matt Thomas and Ross Villarreal coming up at noon right behind us. We will get into other topics. we got college football stuff we need to get into. We've got uh, Michael Connor going to give us an Astros report. That comes up next hour as well. But we started the show just ranking the NFL coaching hires. And how did we fare here in Houston? We all know that it could have gone much worse. Gordy, I think that this town has a whole different energy if the head coach is Jonathan Gannon, the former Eagles D.C., that went to Arizona. It doesn't feel like this. Will you admit that? It doesn't feel like the D'Amico hire. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the D'Amico hire is just a little bit different because he's one of us, and he's back here, and he knows, you know, he knows where to park at NRG. He knows the... the no, it's bigger he knows than that. that. He knows, I'm just saying, like, everything. He knows... It's it's the, the energy from the former players. Right. It's the beat writers that cover the team that, like, it, it just infused... What did you was that you or was that uh, our program director Brian Action that said to us the ticket sales staff? I yeah. mean, as a former guy that used to sell tickets over there, I can tell yeah, you. Yeah, a friend of mine works over there. The, the, the phones phone had to be the bananas. Yeah. So 
I didn't have D'Amico as the best hire. I had him as third best behind two seasoned offensive play callers in Sean Payton and Frank Wright in Denver and Carolina, respectively. But I like where we're going here. And, and we've, we're all saying the same thing. D'Amico, what are we going to do with this, this offense? So there's an article that came out early this morning on the Florida Network. Uh, DJ Bienamini, staff writer, uh, covers the Texans for the Four Letter Network, and he just went through quotes from D'Amico saying that, yo, you can't put everything on the quarterback. To use my terminology from yesterday, D'Amico's quotes are saying, we also have to build a full roster. We can't just hand it to a quarterback. Now, Gordy brought up the point, and it's also highlighted in the article, that throughout this interview process, a source in the building says that it was Top of conversation, what are we going to do with this number two pick and linking that most likely to a quarterback? Not one source. League sources. Multiple league Multiple sources. Multiple sources. Familiar with the Texas Cal and Hannah McNair demand a bleeping quarterback <laughs> at number two. So, look, just so you all know, listening, and I'm earnest, I'm coming to you. Gordy says to me, oh, I challenged him. I said, Gordy, find me an answer for quarterback on this team. That's not Bryce Young at number two. I'm just challenging, friendly challenge my man Gordon to find me an option. He said, oh, that's easy. CJ Stroud at two. <laughs> I was like, can you? He said, Will Levis at two. I was like, can we come up with something else other than one of these three at two? So I'm going to pause that conversation and pivot just a moment because I think we have some additional insight. Uh, Bobby Sloak, who obviously worked with, D'Amico in San Fran is going to bring over the Shanahan West Coast offense. Horizontal, short, intermediate passes, play action coming off the wide zone running scheme. You complement that with some inside zone, some gap schemes on the inside. You got to get the linemen and the requisite weapons to do that. Uh, they likely are going to add other running backs to complement Damian Pierce. That would just make sense. But at least you got a real runner. We know that. Need a little fast slot guy, too. Got to put somebody in the slot, and then you have to have, you know, let's see if Metric can get healthy. I'm not planning on that. Nico, I hope he will. I hope he is as well. I hope Nico Collins can take the next step in his development. That's, I'm that's, not, been, a, that's been a broken record for three years. That part. I'm not so sure that with this newness in the building that you shove Brandon Cooks out the building. I'll save that for another time. The arrows are probably pointing towards he's out. But I don't know that you're just pushing a guy, because I think Brandon Cooks could do work in a West Coast offense. He pushed himself out, though. That's not fair. What I'm saying is with this new regime, other than the general manager, Nick Casario, I'm not ready to just shell Cooks out the building. I'll get to that maybe tomorrow. Hey, uh, Tyler. Oh, Tyler. Trey. Remind me tomorrow. Uh, let's have a Brandon Cooks conversation, because me and Gordy get to talking and we'll forget. So I'm going to pivot off of the article from DJ being me on the Texans and I'm actually now on the Texans website and we didn't get into this as a station. At least I didn't hear anybody. D'Amico Ryan's a couple weeks ago. Uh, this is uh drew Doherty. I'm looking at the uh, Texans TV guy, drew Doherty over there with the team. And he spoke with D'Amico and here's what D'Amico's, what is it? The 10 offensive wants. Have you seen this? No. So I'm going to try and get through this. We'll take your phone calls. Gordy, I want you to react as well. This is what D'Amico says about how they want to play offense. We want to play with precision. 
We want to play with effort. We want to play with physicality. We want to own the line of scrimmage. We want to establish the run game first, but we also want to be balanced. We want to be able to operate with the play-action pass. I referenced that earlier. We also want to be efficient. We want to have explosive playmakers who we can get the ball to. <clears throat> Brandon Cooks. It's not down the field. Or excuse me. If it's not down the field, we want to throw a check down and put the ball in the hands of an explosive playmaker and see him create. Create. That's the horizontal passing game. Last one. We want to make sure we're adaptable to the players that we have. Making sure we're playing to the strength of our players, getting the ball in our playmakers' hands, and letting them make plays. This is D'Amico's plan for the offense. And he said this at the time that Bobby Slowick had not been added to the staff as the OC. When you hear D'Amico say that, what does that mean to you? And does that give you any type of precursor into which of these quarterbacks we're looking at here? No, I don't. I don't think he tips his hand there. I mean, it, it, all that sounds sounds good. All that. I mean, like, but that's that's literally the day he gets hired. So, you know, I I feel like, you know, my my opinion could change on things. Like, if if I I could say this is what we want to do, but somebody falls into my like like let's say. Jordan Addison maybe not expected to be there at 12, but let's say he falls in your laps at 12 and you draft him. Hey, you know what? I'm going to change up a little bit of my offense now because i got this speedy guy that uh, can burn guys. I'm, I'm just going to throw him the ball. At time. So, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not going to put too much stock into it. But, again, to me and all this and all this stuff of information that's been out there, I go back to DJ Benemy's line. According to league sources familiar with the Texas interview process, the front office in Houston told coaching candidates that plans are using number two overall pick on a QB. That's that. D'Amico is he 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 took the job knowing that that was the thought process. One of these guys is going to be a Houston Texan, whether it's Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis. That's I think I think like if I had to play place my entire savings account on that's what's going to happen. I think that's what's going to happen. Don't deny that one of those three may end up on the roster. It just may not be at two. That's the well, distinction. I'm glad you're not in the front office. <laughs> That's the rude Chris Gordy. I'm Stan Norfolk. This is next well, up. Injury-prone Jimmy Garoppolo. Second half to start the show. We're coming to your calls. Ernest, you're first up on the backside. Sports Talk 790. Now, what's next? Next, next up. It's the next man up. Next up. The next step. Take the next step. Next up. Next. Next up. Next up. This team wants to be next. This is Next Up. With Stan Norfleet and Chris Gordy. Let's see. What's next? Next. What's going on, Houston? Stan Norfleet sitting in the big studio here at Sports Talk 790. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us the first hour. We got one more hour to go uh, as the third quarter begins, if you will, here with uh, that's Chris Gordy right there, Trey on the other side of the glass there. Talking quarterbacks and really more so offensive philosophy of the Houston Texans coming off an article I read early this morning and going back and looking at some quotes from D'Amico Ryans a couple weeks ago upon his hiring to be the head coach here. 
Um, I ranked my coaching hirings, of which D'Amico came in at a certain spot. I'm um, going to check with Gordy. We may have some goodies for some folks that listen to the first hour here momentarily. When I get the green light from Gordy, I will do that. We're good. We do have the green light. All right, starting this Saturday, the XFL begins play. Yeah, going down right here in H-Town. Gordy, I do not have the particulars. I presume that you do. So, yeah, we are... Uh I heard we're, we're partnered with the uh, XFL throughout this season, and they picked our show to give away some tickets yeah. to see the Houston Roughnecks throughout the season. We've got Wade Phillips back here in, in Houston. I like and, Wade. Uh, we have got every day this week, uh, we are going to be giving away four pack of tickets to the season opener this Saturday, February 18th, 7.30 p.m. versus the Orlando Guardians at TDECU Stadium. So we got a four pack up for grabs now. 713-212-5790. Stan, let's reward somebody who was listening in the first hour. Let's reward somebody. Hit us up and tell me uh, of the five NFL hirings this offseason. I ranked. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Who I liked in what order. Where did I have D'Amico Ryans ranked in those top five? Hit us up. Again, 713-212-5790. Here on this show, next up. And you can take the four-pack. Yeah. Go see the uh, XFL. Only call if you can go to the game. Don't, don't call to win the tickets if you don't want to go see the Rough. Yeah, Stan, I, I'll be at Bush on the way out of town. <laughs> but uh, I'd love to. No, if you're going to go and you're going to use them, holler at your boy. We'll get you taken care of. Uh, with that said, no further ado, let's go out to the phone lines. My man Ernest in Houston has been holding for a while. Let me get my brother Ernest in here to hear what he has to say about these Texans, philosophy, quarterbacks, and the like. Ernest, welcome next up, bro. Ernest. Good morning, fellas. Good morning, good doing? morning. Good morning. How you doing? Well, how about yourself, brother? You hear me? Yeah, I got you just fine. You got us? I'm doing all right. All right, yes, let it rip. What's on your mind about uh, these Texans? I want to talk about the quarterback. I don't think they should get rid of Mills. I think as much as I listen to the show, y'all always talk about a quarterback coach. I think he need a quarterback coach because he can throw the ball. There's no problem with him throwing. He won't run. He's just like Matt Shaw, big, tall, and can throw, but he won't run. So I think he just need a quarterback coach. Don't get rid of him completely. Number two is he didn't have nobody to throw the ball to. And back in the day, Matt Shaw had somebody to throw the ball to. He had tight ends, wide receivers, and things of that sort. So you have to get a man multiple weapons because you can bring another quarterback in that y'all call the uh, number one quarterback. He won't have nobody to throw to me. So I think they should upgrade that and keep the man. I appreciate your call, brother. And that reminds me, Gordon, that, that call from Ernest takes me to something I wanted to share. Also in the DJ BNME ESPN article, he states, the lone quarterback on the roster is obviously Davis Mills. We know he tied Dak Prescott for 15 interceptions and 15 stars, da-da-da-da-da. Uh, he says, however, this is in the article, Davis Mills probably won't open the 23 season as a starter. 
But the third pre, if I could talk, the previous third round pick out of Stanford still has two years left on his rookie deal. He can serve as a viable backup option at a cap hit of only one point four two million. Yeah. So the conversation we had yesterday, I was not saying that in any shape or fashion Davis Mills should go out there as the starter. What I'm saying is, and to the point of Ernest, whether it's a quarterback coach or not. You have to continue to develop guys on your roster. That's what coaching is. That's what all of this is predicated about. Guys get better over time with opportunity, development. Maybe this new staff can take Davis Mills' game to the next level, and maybe he becomes like a Texans version of Brock Purdy in terms of the production. He's Davis Mills is a backup. Yeah, we saw that's what we saw out of the twenty eight games he has played at the NFL level. Do you hear me say something different? No, no, no. no. Okay, I'm cool. just, I'm just making I'm, sure you didn't hear that from me. I'm just making sure of, of our who was the caller just now. Ernest. Yeah, hope hoping Ernest hears this. <laughs> Davis Mills is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. We have enough sample size, almost thirty game sample size of of what he can bring. He's fine. He's a viable backup. If um, you know whoever it is, let's just say C.J. Stroud's the starting quarterback. And he, you know, he starts the year and then gets nicked up in week seven, and we got to turn to Davis Mills to start a game. Okay, fine. I feel decent about that. Um, 33 touchdowns to 25 interceptions, 62 sacks, one of the most sacked quarterbacks the last two years in the league. I get it. The offensive line was a work in progress, but I've seen enough. I've seen all I need to see out of Davis Mills. You can't sell me a, you know, this is like uh, the girlfriend who got cheated on and, and her friends, you know, or she's telling her friends, I think he's changed now. I think he's good. I think he's committed. He got me this ring. He's committed. No. He's a new we, man. We know who he is. <laughs> he's Davis Mills. He's a good back, a viable backup, not a starter. People can change, Gordon, especially when the good Lord is involved. Don't give up hope just yet. Let's go out and talk to Thomas. El Campo, what's happening? I have a question about Derek Carr. When he's with the Raiders, he threw – I don't have all the stats in front of me, but he threw for, right, 36,000 yards in nine years. That's like 4,000 yards a game. Why doesn't he get the credit of a – because Sean Salisbury said Indy Clues that he is a top – no, he's a Tier 2, a Tier 3 quarterback. He's average to good. How come he doesn't get the respect with the numbers that he puts up? The guy can throw the football. He's accurate. Does anybody know why? And which team do you think would the Texans be uh, interested in his experience? If they brought in like a, a guy out of the draft, somebody he could, uh, you know, somebody he could uh, groom. When, so when they become a starter, they'll be ready to go. So I was just uh, wondering yeah, why let, he doesn't get the respect. Let me just let me just throw Appreciate this the call, Thomas. Throw this out there, Thomas. They, uh, I think uh, Spot Track they do a pretty good job of projecting salaries. And all this, they're projecting Derek Carr. It's going to take anywhere between thirty to thirty-five million a year. To he get wants him. his money. He wants to be. He paid. deserves his money. He's been very productive, but I think we'd be lying to ourselves if we did not say Derek Carr is absolutely underachieved. He's got great stats. I mean, yeah, thirty-five thousand career passing yards, two hundred seventeen touchdowns, and ninety-nine interceptions. The numbers are great, but that's all they are—numbers. Are numbers. It's statistics. At the end of the day, did you win the biggest game when we needed you to to the most? No. Uh, how many times did they make the playoffs? I, I think he's only played a couple of playoff games, I, I believe. Um, yeah, Derek Carr is fine, yeah, he's, but he, he is not. If you if you tell me we can have him in Houston next season at the price tag of thirty three million a year, no man, thanks, I'll pass. Go go join a contender. <laughs> so I think Derek Carr. I lump all these guys in together, and here they go. And you can put them in whatever order you want to. Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, it's all same dude. Now, who else? some are going to be on the top of that tier. Some are going to be towards the bottom. 
Uh, that guy you start in fantasy, you don't feel good about, but you know he's going to put up some points. That's who those guys are. Put Jimmy Garoppolo in that group, too. Yeah. Yeah, they're all in that group. Guys that will help you win some games, but you, those guys are dependent upon can everything else around me be adequate enough that as long as I do my job. When you're, you know, you all will say Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, when you're those guys, you got to mask holes on offense, defense, and special teams. That's why you make $50 million a year, Aaron Rodgers, and for whatever that is, I know that's a whole separate thing, but uh, I would not necessarily be interested in Derek Carr here. To your point, Gordy, it's not the player. I take the player. It's He's probably going to be a bit pricey, and I don't know of all teams that he's giving the Texans a hometown discount. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let me look at this here. I'm looking, I want to get to something else, but I'm going to have to hold on. Ray in North Dakota, I need you to hold up because we got to talk some Astros coming up here momentarily in about 15 minutes. We'll finish taking your calls. We've already done the XFL deal. We'll see who Trey has got me. I think we got somebody. We'll talk more about that on the other we side. We got our winner. We so do have our winner. Don't call for the tickets. Good enough. Ray, Andy, you're the next two up. This is Next Up, Sports Talk 790. <laughs> Continuing on next up here, Sports Talk 790, Stan Norfleet. That's Chris Gordy. You are you are Houston, and uh, I'm damn proud to be back. Uh, I feel good. I'm trying to get my health together. Some people, Gordy, hit me up. Bro, you don't sound good. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm fighting through some stuff. But that's what we do. We push through when you're second overall. Jesus, you caught it going. It's like, uh, talking to Houston Texans, and what will they do with the second overall pick? Uh, I'm looking at the Todd McShay top 10 mock draft, and look what McShay has right there. Look at that screen, Gordy. Todd McShay of the Four Letter Network yeah. has the Houston Texans taking C.J. Stroud. Yeah, we didn't even get to it, but yeah, Todd McShay's mock just draft, this, uh, latest mock draft just dropped this morning, yep. and he has got the Colts trading up with the Bears for that number one pick to go get Bryce Young. We heard it yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Jim Irsay just dropped let the, it slip. That kid from Alabama's not too bad. Yeah. That's not how Irsay Way to go, Irsay. That's, yeah. how, that's how I envision it. Yeah, you gave him like Alabama accent just then. Uh, and then the Texans taking C.J. Stroud at two. Again, which I'm fine with. I, I like what I saw from C.J. Stroud this year. I've watched more of Bryce Young. I've watched every game Bryce Young's played. Mm-hmm. I like him a little bit more, but I'm fine. If Stroud is your guy, he's your guy. Let's go get him and let's roll. Uh, Torch Georgia secondary in his last game, and that was pretty damn good. Keely Ringo, I think, is projected as a back end of the first. They got a safety that that's going to be a second-round pick. Too. Christopher Smith, really good. So, um, yeah, if you like him, I love him. Let's go. Let's roll with it. So uh, that is the latest mock draft. Again, a lot of this is going to change, but uh, I, it starts to feel like no matter what happens, even if the Bears take somebody uh, else like Will Anderson and you have your choice of Stroud or Bryce Young, it just feels like you can't go wrong. Take one of those guys. I'll reserve my commentary. Ray, you've been holding for a while. Ray, North Dakota, wants to talk some NFL draft prospects. Ray, what's happening? Appreciate you holding. What's going on, Swan, man? Welcome to that uh, Houston Sports Talk Radio. Appreciate you, brother. Hey, uh, I got a question for you first. You know what I'm saying? So, in this draft, like, who do you, who do you have rated high? The defensive players on the quarterback? I think... That D'Amico and his staff and Nick Casario, I think the top two players on their board 
in whatever order will be Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. I think both of those defenders okay. will be rated higher than the three quarterbacks. Okay. So, me, I'm not even believe that if you don't, like, you brought in the Miko Ryan. He's a defensive head coach, right? So, he specializes in defense. So, me, I look at it like, if you're going to do anything, I'd rather build the defense first. And I feel like we have some pieces that specially drafted, singly, pieces from last year. And guys, so far, we kind of we can kind of find out what Stingley is really is, and I feel like you know what I'm saying. The defense is in championship. I mean, we win a lot of games last year, playing a couple teams and other things. Right. So if, if the defense don't put in his his system, and he wants to put in a system, don't you think he'd rather get a a, a Nick Bosa type player to put on his defensive line, and 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 then add from there, and then like say, get an important man. I mean, I'm not impressed by any of them like that to think that they're like these franchise franchise type quarterbacks. I think any of these quarterbacks from the Hemic Hookers to Will Levis uh, and uh, AJ Rich, I mean uh, Richardson, yeah. Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. I think really with any of those guys, if you bring in a bridge quarterback, I know everybody keeps saying that they hate the bridge quarterback, but I think you're gonna be able to see get your offensive players that you try to bring along, bring them along faster with a guy like Garoppolo who already knows the system. Oh, my bad, brother. Well, what's your goal, Garoppolo? I, I just don't understand. Like, what are we trying to do? You're trying to win. And I had that as one of you're my trying notes. Trying to win this year? But I thought the, the only reason you're passing on a quarterback is because you're in a rebuild. Well, you can do two things. I can be, if Garoppolo will accept the money, uh, and I appreciate brother calling in right there. If Garoppolo will accept the money, he implements your system. He helps stabilize. That's a word you're going to hear me use a lot, Texans fans. Stabilize the operation. You don't have to worry about Garoppolo off the field. You know he knows the offense. He's won enough to command respect of the locker room. Mm-hmm. And he gets you to the next phase while you I'm, build out your framework. I'm going to blow your mind here. Guess Speaking what he also does? Ruins your 2024 draft stock. If the whole idea is to get your quarterback next year, if Jimmy Garoppolo comes in here and gets you to six, seven wins, guess what, Texans? You're picking 14th next year. You know what I mean? Like, that's. We already went through this yesterday, Gordon. But you just mentioned Caleb Williams and all these guys. You don't get Caleb Williams with Jimmy Garoppolo coming in here winning games. You can trade up. What? But, like, that's. Just, you, you can trade They're with Davis Mills this year. Let's suck again. Let's get the guy the next year. You That's said the, it would be a mutiny at Kirby if they rolled Davis Mills out there. It would be. But what I'm saying is, like, if you're not – I just keep going back to why are we so not sold on any of these quarterbacks? Like, you're the – like, for be honest, be, I'm, and I know there are other people. Andy, I'm coming to you next. I appreciate you holding. Give me one second. I think most of us are saying Bryce, C.J. Stroud, to a lesser degree, Will Levis. They're legitimate first-round prospects. Top five, all of them. I don't believe any of those guys, we should be looking at them the way we looked at Trevor or Andrew Love. Okay, so they're not generational, but they're still, you can still look at them as franchise quarterbacks. I get concerned when I watch Bryce Young on Saturdays with that body type. It ma- okay, then take CJ. He's bigger. I'm okay with CJ. <laughs> now, I worry about CJ. Can he make all the throws? Is the anticipation there? I don't know. With Bryce. And let me be clear. Bryce fits the West Coast system better than C.J. Stroud to me. Now, I haven't seen all the throws. I haven't watched all the tape. I'm just telling you how it feels to me. 
So if they're going to run the West Coast, like look at what they asked Garoppolo to do. Bryce can do those things, but what does Garoppolo have that Bryce doesn't have the same amount of? Garoppolo, when healthy, is a better athlete than Bryce. Yeah, I, I'm mm-hmm. just the argument I was coming back to is if you don't love any of these quarterbacks, fine. I'll go with you there. But if the solution is bringing Garoppolo or Derek Carr and we'll get a quarterback next year, bringing De- Garoppolo or Derek Carr is going to help you win games. Like, you're not going to be a playoff team, but you'll be in that six, seven win type territory. You go seven and ten with Jimmy Garoppolo, then what? Then you're screwed. Calm then you're- down. We went through this yesterday. Patrick Mahomes. 10th overall. Oh, yeah. Let's just, Lamar let's just Jackson, yeah, bottom of the first yeah, round. Those are just easy to get, right? You just Calm down. <laughs> you get so emotional. No, I appreciate the passion. I do. Andy and Cypress, man, what's going on with these Texans, this offense, this quarterback scenario? What's on your mind? Hey, w- welcome aboard. Uh, to the guy earlier that was talking about Derek Carr, why doesn't he get no love? Well, the last two years, he had 47 touchdowns and 28 interceptions. That is Low mediocre in the NFL. That's why he doesn't get no love. And he brought in his his buddy Devonte Adams, one of the best wide receivers the year before in the NFL. So that's why Derek Carr doesn't get no love. Uh, it's not deserved. Hey, look, I'm with you. I love what you just said about Young. It ain't the height; it's the build that scares me. You know, defensive ends last year averaged two seventy seven. Tackles three oh nine in the NFL. He's not a very thick man. <laughs> I've looked up every picture I can find on this guy. Oh no, he's he's slightly built. No doubt. I saw somebody send or post pictures from the Super Bowl. I know uh, actually a lady friend of mine that covers uh, the Carolina Panthers was in the Super Bowl at a function, and Bryce was just in shorts. Gordy. That is a small, small okay. man. You know who was skinnier than him coming out? Skinnier? Lamar Jackson. So here's Lamar what, Jackson oh, was, yes, bones, whoa, 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 whoa. was sticking you just bones. Said Lamar Jackson. He's taller now. You know what Lamar Jackson he weighs, weighs right now? He weighs 230 pounds. Okay, you know why so, he weighs 230? So, so Bryce can't put because on weight? Because he was getting his butt beat up. So Bryce can't put on weight? Bryce can add weight, but the frame is only yes, going to let you carry but but There you go. Thin. He's got a small frame. I agree. Lamar Jackson Big had a, a he was Appreciate taller, the call, Andy. But Lamar Jackson was skin and bones. Lamar Jackson and like, I he, I was afraid I'm like his being up close to him in college when U of a, uh Louisville came here and played U at U of yeah. H. I saw him up close. It, like his legs were this thin, thinner than my finger. Like I covered the ACC nationally, you know that for Raycom Sports at the time before the package went over to ESPN. I watched every snap of Lamar his entire career. There was never a time I was worried about Lamar on Sunday. Oh, I, 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 his athlete took his he got ath- sacked like twelve times he by U of H. His athleticism, his explosiveness. And then I was surprised, to your point, Lamar two off-seasons ago went into the lab when they got beat by the Chargers. He came back that next year. And his traps, his deltoids, his shoulders, his back, Lamar had changed his body. But he had the height and the frame to do it. I don't know that Bryce, like if you look at Kyler Murray. Paging Mike Eubanks. Mike Eubanks, please report to Kirby. <laughs> Texan strength and conditioning coach. I'm so done with you right He is going to work with Bryce Young from day one. Hey, how you doing? I'm Mike Eubanks. I'm your strength coach. Let me get with you. Here's our plan to he's, put muscle and build on. He's going to get bigger, but I'm saying even his growth 
has limitations by his frame. Let's get this one in. We got Mark O'Connor coming up at 11.30. You hear him right here on Sports Talk 790. We got to get into these Astros conversation excuse me, as spring training is among us. Joe out in Brenham wants to comment on Texas. Joe, give me like 30 seconds, bro. Okay, buddy. Um, I think if the Texans draft a quarterback, they'll be wasting the draft choice. If they draft a quarterback, you mean specifically at number two in the first round, at 12 in the first round, or if they draft a quarterback in the first round, period, you feel like that would be a waste? I don't think that uh, any quarterback is going to do good in the Texas system because they don't have the support around a quarterback to make a, a good quarterback good. It's an interesting point. I appreciate it, Joe. It's a new coaching staff, Joe. I mean, it's a, you can't make that you can't make that statement. It's a whole new regime coming in. I think he's saying the the Shanahan West Coast outside zone. Joe personally sounds like he has a concern that that system with this staff without Shanahan at the helm. There's a there's That's a concern scared, there. Scared money don't make money. I can't be afraid to take quarterbacks. I mean, that, then then what are we rolling with next year? Somebody's got to take snaps. Well, you asked me, and I'll wrap up the segment again. Michael Connor coming up. We're talking Astros uh, shortly after eleven thirty. D'Amico Ryan's would do himself well by winning some games in year one. Because D'Amico can't just be catering everything in the organization to some rookie quarterback. D'Amico knows there are 52 other men in that locker room that have to buy into what he's selling. In that locker room on Sunday, men follow success, winning, and yeah, you got to have leadership intangibles. But the success and winning make listening to the leadership intangibles more palatable. It would behoove him, in my mind, and I don't know how their draft evaluations are going to be. It would behoove D'Amico and his staff to get a veteran in here that can go start some games for you, like a Garoppolo that they're familiar with, if the money makes sense, while also pouring, and I should say, uh, loving on Davis Mills and continuing to develop him, keyword develop. And then if you want to get your young guy, whether it's this draft or next year's draft, then you go about doing that way. But people are just writing off, bringing in a bridge veteran, and go down. I know you and I see this one differently. D'Amico's got to win some damn games next year. No, he doesn't. He I dis- absolutely I has to. I disagree, Stan. I think you draft your quarterback number two. People are fine if you go four or five wins next year, as long as we see the foundation starting to build. The other starts to- 52. I don't care. I don't give a damn about Jerry Hughes and dudes have been around. I'm That's worried about your locker about, room. No, my locker room is the oh, franchise God. quarterback. <laughs> I need a franchise quarterback to give people hope, and then those guys can buy it. This is what we're doing, guys. It's about this guy. This guy's who's going to get us to the Super Bowl, not the six-string tight end. I can't wait to revisit this. We're way, way over. Forgive me on that, Trey. Gordy's fired up. I'll calm him down. We'll talk Astros coming up. More of your phone calls. We will get back to Texas conversation. We'll go around the league. We'll do the quarterback carousel. Where will they play in 2023? This is next up. Stan Northley. That's Chris Gordy. Sports Talk 790. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Go, 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 shawty. It's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. We're going to sip a party like it's your birthday. What's going on, Houston? Bottom of the final hour of the show. Staying Northly sitting here. You're listening to Next Up. Those that are asking my brother Indy Kalu. Uh, if you did not hear the announcement or the going away, uh, Indy has decided to focus on some uh, entrepreneur interest, spend some time with the family, and uh, you may see him over there on Kirby more often than we've seen him before. But we wish him well. Uh, he does send his greetings. Chris Gordy still alongside. Name of the show now is Next Up. Thank you for joining us as we get out of the Texans convo for now. We'll return for the final segment of the program. We'll get back into offensive philosophy, quarterback, D'Amico Ryan's uh, perception and the like. But we need to talk Houston Astros as we get, uh, what is it? The campaign is ready to rain. Emphasis on the number two as they're looking to go back to back and what will be should the Astros win the World Series this year? That will be three and five seasons. Is that correct? Well, let's see. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Oh, three and so, six seasons. So it's two and six. So it would be three and seven. Three and seven seasons. All right. I knew Gordy would get me together. Still dynasty. Let's welcome in to our Astros insider, a man that I had the company of being around at the Astros media luncheon last week. Brother Michael Connor, who knows his Astros baseball ins and outs. Michael, welcome into Next Up. Appreciate you joining us this morning, bro. Well, hello, gentlemen. And I would just like to add in, uh, as Gordy knows real quick, uh, take Bryce Young and don't think about it. <laughs> so are you on this Bryce Young at two no matter what? Oh, yeah. No, I watch every every game Bryce Young played at Alabama because my significant other went to Alabama. So Got it. I'm hardcore Bryce Young. Well, you have a vested interest, especially coming off Valentine's Day. Then You're distracted right now. I need to ask you again when we're not talking Astros and we're not a day removed from Valentine's, and I'll get you a real answer then. It probably won't be different, but I understand the circumstances. All right. Uh Bryce Young won a lot of games at Alabama. Let's segue. Clearly, that's a program. Astros have a program. Latest news. What are you hearing right off the gate? I mean, we're getting down to spring training next week, which will be great to do it. I've been loving the, uh, of course, the the talk about sign stealing with all these other organizations going on lately, that uh, all this stuff is coming to light and people are realizing, oh, you know what, wasn't that big? It's not that it's not that big of a deal, but everybody was doing something in baseball. So maybe when we get to spring training uh, next week, There'll be some uh, apologies to the Astros. That'd be nice. Yeah, a quick programming note. Michael and I will be down there all week. Uh, we'll be we'll be popping in here with Stan, bringing some updates. And Matt Thomas and Ross will be down there all week. Matt will be doing a show live Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. He'll have player interviews and all that. So make sure you keep it locked here. You're home for Astros baseball sports talk seven ninety. Michael, the story that I saw come out today. Obviously, we knew it was coming about the the pitch clock and all that. Uh, we talked to Lance McCullers on on um, you know the Fan Fest, and he said he thought Luis Garcia rocking the baby, the delivery was going to be okay. But the report now comes out and says, no, no, no. It sounds like he's not going to be able to do that anymore. Yeah, how about that? It was already it was technically illegal before. Like he really wasn't supposed to be doing it last season, but in the season before. But MLB wasn't doing anything to police it. Yeah, they're gonna 
They're going to stick, really stick to this stuff. I think that it's smart to have baseball want to get this pitch clock and to get the game faster. Like we've talked about this a lot is that it's a slow moving game and at times it drags. And this is part of knocking it out. I'm interested to see what Luis looks like because so much of a pitcher is rhythm and everything. And like, if you can't get your rhythm right, he's going to find some sort of tick. I'm sure that'll help him get through that. But that's going to be the one guy if we're looking to go and, and get our eyes on next week is going to be him to see what his, his motion looks like now. Uh, we have not, at least on this program, done the due diligence. Uh, we've been a little distracted here with the Javier contract. There's rumors of uh, future contracts. I know there's a discrepancy out there about the Fromber deal may or may not happen. What can you clarify for us and uh, what that Fromber situation looks like in comparison to what the Javier deal being done means for him and for the franchise? Yeah, so the Javier deal buys out two years of free agency, which I think is huge. And the, and the Fromber one, if they're going to get that done as well, he's a first year arbitration guy as well. So like that's a, you know, that's another guy that you'd be buying out years of arbitration or years of free agency. Excuse me, if you were able to get that done, there was the report that uh, from that I can't remember the guy's name now saying it was going to be like a hundred fifty million dollar extension or whatever. And Fromber's agent has immediately shot it down. You know, I I would be interested to see what a Fromber extension looks like because. Here's the unfortunate thing for him. He got started and his service time clock got started so late. And by the time he hits free agency, he's going to be well into his 30s. Now, pitchers still get paid, but like if I'm from Valdez and I'm from Valdez's agent, like I would be pushing to get this done now. Does, does he get $150 million? I don't think so. Uh, if the Astros were going to get it done, I mean, he's got two great years really of, of pretty damn good baseball under his belt and then a, a COVID shortened season that was where he kind of took his first leap. So I think the track record is there now. This is the staff ace, but this is a guy that they should look to lock up because they, he, more than anybody else, he's going to be the guy that goes out there and gives you all the innings you need all season and he's going to pitch. We've seen it now in the biggest spots in the biggest games. Not a whole lot of off-season acquisitions for the Astros. Obviously, uh, you get Jose Abreu, the big bopper at first base. That's a big mm-hmm. one. It'll be fun to see him at, at spring training, what he looks like. But uh, an interesting signing a couple days ago, very under the radar. But, um, you know, we talk about adding a left-handed pitcher. The Astros, uh, you know, Dusty Baker, we know he likes to have that guy. Didn't really have it last year. Uh, but they bring in a guy in, in Matt Gage who was with the Toronto Blue Jays last year. He's like 30 years old, made his seat, you know, his big league debut. But just a name, a guy to keep an eye on and see how he does throughout the spring because he had a low ERA, pitched a lot of low leverage spots last year. But maybe a guy that if he catches Dusty's eye could make this roster as the left-handed specialist. Yeah, Dusty's going to have a lefty out there. There's no doubt about that. Like, he has always said it, that he wants a lefty. You know, it kind of feels like this this Matt Gage one and all these guys. They're trying to find – he wasn't a guy that I loved at all. If anybody's listening to me, they know actually how much I disliked watching him pitch because he always seemed to screw things up in, in important spots. But they're trying to find their next Brooks Raley, a guy that was, you know, forgotten about by everybody else, a, a lefty that they can go in and, and put into spots – now, again, they just went through a postseason where they didn't need a left-handed pitcher, and everything about their right-handed pitcher says that they can get lefties out as good as anybody else. So that shouldn't be a worry to me, but without a doubt, Dusty Baker will get his lefty this year, and it's just going to be a battle between those three guys. Uh, Michael, we'll get you out of here on this as I'm looking at the clock unless you have something else pertinent for us, but something that uh attracted my ears or perked my ears up i should say at the luncheon the other day and i'm looking at the astros website now coming up this weekend 
uh, if I can go back to it and get it in time. The Astros are going to have an HBCU tournament at Minute Maid Park coming up the 17th and 19th. I'm seeing Grambling, Jackson State, Mississippi Valley, PV, Southern, and of course, uh, TSU. Could you just add something to what we might expect, the notion behind it, uh, what the Astros and the organization hope to gain by doing something like this? It's just another way to highlight college baseball. If anybody's been around Jim Crane uh, for years, you know how much he loves the game of baseball. He played college baseball at a very small school there in Missouri, and I think this is another great step for the Astros to go and do something like this to highlight the HBCUs. They've done this with the College Classic for a long time. It's always been a well-attended event. Uh, I've gone to those for years. I'm very excited to see these schools get the opportunity to come in here and do this. It's going to be on TV as well. You know, it, everything that you could do to move the game of baseball forward, and that's something that we have to do. It's nothing against like you know players from other countries, whatever. We got to find a way to to have more homegrown players, and these are the kind of things that that elevate your game to everybody across it. So I'm very happy that they're doing something like this uh, at Minute Maid Park this weekend. And um, you know, I, if we weren't heading off to Florida this weekend, and I wasn't coming off of a, by the way, I just got out of a chair from a root canal. I would probably get out there this weekend. Did you really? Yeah, I really did. The commitment. I, 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 cannot, I, cannot, I cannot feel the left side of my face right now. <laughs> oh, it is. And yesterday I was running a 101-degree fever. It's been one hell of a week. You know what? It's it's actually not as bad. Did you guys see this news real quick? The uh, Rangers' big signing from the offseason, Jacob deGrom, is already uh, dealing with some si- uh, tightness <laughs> in his left side. Uh, he I, left his first spring training. Is this uh, another another vigorous <laughs> shower incident? Like, what, what what is this right here? They call it, a, they call it some... Left side tightness, and they say it's because of the cold weather. Uh-huh, sure. Yeah, I'm not trying to laugh at DeGrom's injury, but, man, it's just, uh, you know, sometimes people are snake bit. Mm, funny how that works. like three years, yeah. <laughs> funny so how that works. to the Rangers. Well, look, Michael Connor, I'm glad that you are getting your, your tooth taken care of. I need that temp to get under control. Uh, I know Gordy will be down there with you here shortly. So thank you for your contributions, your future contributions to the station as the Astros insider and pre- and post-game show host that you are right here on Sports Talk 790, the flagship station for our champion Houston Astros. Looking forward to talking with you more, brother. Be safe, man. Thank you so much. Follow this man at MC790. Thank you, Stan. Great talk to talk you, to you. We're, we're, ha- we're happy we're having you, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. The legendary Michael Connor. Gordon, let's, uh, let's step aside. We're over. We'll take care of this a little bit. We'll come back. Final segment of the show. Brandon out of Houston wants to comment on Astros spring training. We will get with him. And got some headlines. We have a touch on. There are headlines we need to touch on. I'm going to yell at Gordy because there's something that I can't get off my head that we must discuss. It's next up, Sports Talk 790. <laughs> Final segment of the program today on Wednesday. What is this? February the 15th. Uh, this has been Next Up. Matt Thomas show coming next up right after this. That's Chris Gordy, Stan Northley right here. Thanks to Michael Connor, our Astros insider, pre and post game host right here on Sports Talk 790. He was live from West Palm. Uh, my man Gordy's headed down that way. We will get live updates uh, starting next week, I do believe. So we'll get that scheduled to you as we navigate. What I can't believe 
Gordon, it's only Wednesday. It seems like we've been doing this show for two weeks now. I don't know why it just it happens to thing. But Indy says hello. Appreciate Chris Gordy's contribution. And thanks to all of you for listening. I know it's a different sound. I know it's a different tempo. I thank you and appreciate your patience and welcoming us into this. I'm still learning to drive this thing, but we'll be fine. Contrary to you all being wrong about forcing your way into a quarterback at number two. You, you want to grab Brandon? I was, yeah. I was okay. getting ready to grab Brandon right now. We'll wrap up the Astros conversation as soon as I get over there and I can grab the call. Brandon, welcome into the show next up. What you thinking about the Strolls, man? It's good. I We we're, we were at the, the big World Series game. You were at the World Series game? Okay. The finale? Yeah. And we, our trophy was ours, and we won that. Did win that. Uh, con, what does I want to say? <laughs> Contrary to what the naysayers had to say, the Astros took care of business. Did you make it to the parade? Uh, no. I watched it on TV. Well, that had to be cool anyway. They got some uh, replica. I appreciate the call, Brandon. They got some replica rings making their way around this year coming up. I saw the promotional schedule. Bobblehead nights. Very robust. Yeah. That's a lot of fun stuff coming. A lot of fun stuff coming. So we look forward to talking more Astros baseball. I'm learning. I was just telling Gordy I'm familiar with most of the lineup, at least a little bit from what I saw in the playoffs. Clearly, guys around here, you have seen more pitches and innings than I have, so I'm looking forward to asking a lot of questions, learning from you. But once we start playing games, it's oh, no yeah. like anything else. We're, we're going to have you in an Astros jersey real soon. No doubt, and I love the colors. It has, I have a thing with that orange and blue. Uh, <laughs> if you look at the bio, you understand what's going on there. But, Gordy, there are some other headlines we need to get into before yeah. we get up out of here. What's on your mind? A few things we, uh, we didn't get to. The Texans are hiring Cleveland Brown defensive line coach Chris Kiffin. Now, the difference is he's not coming here to coach the D-line. He's going to coach the linebackers, and they're going to bring back Jacques Césaire, who coached the D-line yeah, last he's year. This year. He's yeah. going to stick around, and Chris Kiffin's going to move in and coach the linebackers. What's crazy about Kiffin is he's Monty Kiffin's son. He's Lane Kiffin's younger brother. But if you look at him and the grays in his hairs and see Lane with the dark colored hair, you'd think he's the older brother. But just as long as he doesn't bring that Lane attitude to the coaching yeah. staff, we'll be all right. But that Chris, dude really irks me. But Chris Kiffin's only forty one. He's uh, coached uh, FAU with Lane, coached at Ole Miss, Arkansas State, USC, Nebraska, Idaho. Uh, played D line at Colorado State. Uh, coached uh, you know bunch of different places, so. Uh, they bring in him a little bit, you know, another younger guy. When we talk about these guys in their ages, there's a yeah. lot of guys 30s and 40s, so a lot of young uh, guys that they're bringing to this. And uh, what staff. did we learn yesterday? Uh, there was a quote from somebody. Oh, Aaron Wilson told us that in communicating with D'Amico in some of their interviews, D'Amico said he wanted uh, young, up-and-coming coaches that he had some familiarity with. So, hey, man. I trust D'Amico until I don't. And Corey Unlin, we, we mentioned that. That broke during the show yesterday. Uh, the secondary coach from the Niners, he's coming over here. He's 51, so a little bit older, but still younger in the grand scheme of things. So uh, those are the guys coming to join the Texas staff. A few other nuggets we didn't hit on. Uh, Rockets, KJ Martin and Jabari Smith are going to compete in NBA All-Star Saturday night events. The NBA announced so KJ Martin will compete in the slam dunk contest, and that's this weekend, correct? Yeah. While Jabari Smith was selected for the skills challenge, so Rockets and OKC tonight. That'll be their last game for a handful of days. You were talking here right here on Sports Talk Seven Ninety, by yep. the way. Yep. Uh, can I just tell you how disinterested I am in All Star Weekend in Salt Lake City? Have zero interest in this. We talked about the lag in the Super Bowl yeah. days leading up. 
I have heard zero, and they're trying to sell me on TV, Post Malone, and somehow he has a, Post Malone's from Dallas, but somehow he's got a connection to Salt Lake City now. And I'm like, they are doing nothing to get me to a TV. Well, I watched the skills competition and the dunk contest, probably, but I just, I have never seen, I've never been more underwhelmed. Well, we've been, we've been missing the star power. I mean, it, it turned about a decade ago where a lot of stars stopped doing the, the slam dunk contest and all that. Uh, one more thing I do want to mention. Today is the first day that Calvin Ridley can apply for reinstatement after betting on the football league. Um, he's with the Jaguars now. If he gets reinstated and he's back, the Jags next year, Trevor Lawrence, with Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, and Zay Jones out wide. Travis, Travis Etienne. in the backfield and Evan Ingram at tight end. That is a dangerous offense. And somebody might hear that and go, Stan, remember that you were talking about wanting an offensive coach for the Houston Texans? Somebody better go D that crew up. And if the Colts are able to get Bryce Young, the Colts have got some pieces. They might not be out of it yet if the uh, Shane Steichen, the former Phillies offensive coordinator, can get in there and we'll see if he can hit the ground running. That's all we have for you today here on Next Up. Thanks for you sharing the previous two hours with us. Matt Thomas Show coming right up, right behind us. Stan Norfleet, Chris Gordon, that's Trey Campbell in there. We appreciate it, Houston. Let's do it again tomorrow, God willing. Y'all be easy. Already. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.